Hey there, my name is Christopher Burns and I'm one of the co-founders at Everfund. Everfund is how we expect large non-profits to scale their fundraising operations. What we mean when we talk about fundraising operations is that it's really hard to manage the complexities of money, data, and people at large nonprofits. And one of the biggest things that we see in this area is around running groups and uh, group directories. And what we mean by that is you take a food bank organization and you have the head organization that runs the food bank, but then you have hundreds of children, food banks, each one that each one of them has a different way of taking a single payment, a monthly payment, the marketing and the GDPR in the UK, the gift aid. And what we do is we normalize all of them systems and processes down to one system where it scales all the way through, removing a lot of these fragmentation and complexities and manual workflows and 20 different dashboards to view. So Chris, I know that you are expert on the vertical. How did you validate the customer problem and the demand for your solution? How did you know that this is a problem? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting uh, part of our journey as two co-founders on Everfund. We very much started uh, bootstrapped from an agency where we was making NFC and QR code technology. You would scan a QR code or an NFC tag and it would take you to a small web application. These were before the days of the, the pandemic that we've gone through. So it was way ahead of our time. And what we found as we was working on these systems, we, spot, we started speaking to local nonprofits who wanted to use these systems as a way to replace manual processing, collecting coins, card payments, deploying card machines. And then as we started working with these uh, small nonprofits, we thought we can make a platform out of this. And then we started down this path of Everfund. And during that path, as we was building out um, what we believed was right, we came across this really interesting point in the market of developer first donation systems. Multiple donation, multiple developers came to us and said, this is really helpful. I can, I can build the website. You build the donation solution. We merge them together with the best in class tools and integrations. And we save a lot of time. We save going over our budget. But that was a really interesting problem that they never had any of the painkillers of needing Everfund. So you couldn't really get any uh, any usage of your application. So we went back to the drawing board. We listened to the signal versus the noise we was getting and where we needed to take our product. And then we've performed a go-to-market tweak that very much involves going top-down right now into the nonprofits, speaking to them, going to them, working out a solution that says, look, we know you have these organizational complexities. The tooling we built for the developer-first market, it's still important and critical. But in this way, it's very much finding the person that has the painkiller problem instead of the vitamin and I mean, can you describe the product or uh, the service in detail? So how, um, how explain how it solves this identified problem or need very quickly uh, for the developers and nonprofits? 
Of course. And I really like to take this as one of these dual cases that when we spoke about at the beginning of the food banks and the groups and the volunteers that run them, you then need to spin up a website for each one of them food banks and groups. That's where we work with them agency partners and developers say, you build the website and then we hook in our donation systems that scale across all of them. So if there's 20 websites for 20 groups, we implement that. And the product of Everfund is a donation system that has single payments, card payments, monthly payments in ACH, SEPA, direct debits in the UK, and also the GDPR, the marketing consent, the gift aid, and we funnel all of that into this one centralized place um, that's Everfund's dashboard. And in the near future, we'll be implementing integration support. So um, sending all of that really now useful core data to their CRMs of choice, their marketing tools. So you completely remove this fragmented workflows of checking 10 different dashboards. You see one unified view of all of your data and then even better, send that data to where it's needed. So how do you find your uh nonprofits where do you find them or developers do they reach to you is it uh, or do you uh, use other channels yeah i think this is a really interesting one and i like to be honest and say we're all experimenting at the pre-seed stage and seeing what works and doesn't work one of the channels that we're seeing really good success with at this current time is with the agency partners Obviously, agencies are a lifeblood of getting development development work done in nonprofits. They don't necessarily have the time to hire developers and designers and project managers to move these things forward. So partnering with agencies that specialize in nonprofit websites, building applications for them has really shown its dividends as it's helped us connect early to other platforms and integrations to really build a um, connected uh vision of how modern day nonprofits work. What do you think that what are the trends or market forces that enabled these kinds of solution exist today? Why now? This is a critical, probably cliche question for most of the investors. Of course, one of the most important things is we've recovered from a pandemic where everything got flipped on its head. People needed new ways of taking donations fast and that pivot of taking donations as fast as possible through online methods has not been diluted and uh, over time, but people have started going back to the old ways of this worked in this moment. It doesn't necessarily mean now. Um, and the biggest thing of all is these big nonprofits we're tackling have had this problem for many years. They've been putting together manual workflows, manual solutions, uh, and it's only when we've identified that that this very niche thing of group donation systems is possible. That's when it's all, almost been a very much like this is exactly what we needed and, and we needed it sooner. So how long has, has it been um, that you started uh, the startup and the company? Yeah, I've been... Um, working on startups ever since graduating uh, back in 2018. So uh, 19, 19, 
20, almost like over five years at this point. Everfund as a entity has been around for about a year and a half, two years. And we've really only really hit that critical moment in the last few months. Um, which kind of North Star metrics do you, by the way, follow, monitor? I think one of the most important North Star metrics for CNOTS our success at this stage is donation quantity, obviously providing donation solutions, seeing that number work is a massive sign that your systems are working. And I think the second one at this very enterprise scale that we're looking at is the groups and how many are turned on to the quantity. If we're expecting this deal to turn on 500 groups, you know, give the possibility of this unified interface to 500 groups. I think one of the main KPIs around that is the saturation. How close can we get to it? How many are onboarded? Is it more than 50%? Is it more than 75%? Are they using this system to their best abilities? Uh, I understand. And also, should you share me some of the learnings you from the night, I mean, years of uh, experience? What have you learned when you started this company and until now? Yeah, I think this is one of the most interesting ones that even this weekend, taking a step back in thinking about the things like this is one of the most critical things I can do to think about the steps I take forward. One of the things that I always say that got us, got me to where I was, was ignoring everything and just doing it, just getting it done. You know, we need to get this done. We need to do this. We need to do that. Yes, that can come across as hasty sometimes and chaotic. I like to say, you know, if I was a D&D character, I'm uh, chaotic good. But one of my biggest learnings is taking all of that um, velocity that built us up to where we are today with investors, uh, customers, uh, partners, and then thinking, where can I use that to carry on the velocity? But actually, where do I need to be a different person, a different founder? Where, how do I act with my team? How do I guide them, bring them on the journey, recruit them, make, make sure that to them, the chaotic goodness is uh, pushing us forward but not making it in a way that steps them two steps back, that continuously pushes us all forward. How did you form the founding team? And also, what are your struggles when you uh, uh, structure the team culture, especially in the early stages and align with your philosophy? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one where it worked for me. I could say it's working now, but we all have our problems. We all have our struggles. We all, you know, almost think we connect all the dots and then realize we we haven't. Um, our initial journey of when we took investment ended with quite a failure of hiring a team. Um, but I don't like to focus on that. I take away was the biggest lessons. I have never worked in a business that has not been McDonald's. My only job that I've ever done is working in McDonald's as an employee. So I have no clue how to be a manager, no clue how to scale a company. What does HR look like? All these things. So where do you go and how do you do that? You take every lesson as fast as possible and they are painful and they are they hurt you. But you look at what you learn and you think, okay, if I didn't go through this adverse journey or learn this, what are the outcomes? 
and and whilst our our first wave of hiring was very bad as someone who's never hired before it was terrible but all of them lessons to then go back to the drawing board and say okay we're gonna go out again we're gonna hire the right team were so valuable to then put together a much better team that works better together that trusts each other that the all that all boats are raised by the tide you know not one person succeeding and the other people staying back working together collaborating together and as being british myself having disagreements saying it's okay to disagree but what's the better way forward and then the most rewarding thing that i see in having a team now is when the team goes chris i respect you and you know you are you are one of the co-founders but i think i know better you know i can do this better and for me to say i trust you go ahead and, and for you to do it that's what i would say would be one of my hallmarks that i've done well is when i can trust the team to implement no longer you know spinning all the place myself you have spoken with many uh, investors vcs while you are raising the last round so what was the difficulties that you have faced through that process and can you profile the vcs uh, with many investors that you have talked which kinds of vc profiles did you have seen yes i think this is a very interesting one and it's part of the life cycle of being a co uh, of be of running a startup uh, venture capital is one of them really useful ignition points that can totally send you in the right direction or totally in the wrong one depending on um how you take things away and the decisions that you make the velocities that you set but i think the biggest thing is learning as fast as possible the the two things that i think is so important when it comes to investors is that is that when you pitch you are pitching because you believe in what you want to produce in the world you will do anything possible to change the world to your vision so then it's finding investors customers team members who believe in that vision who want to join the journey who want to be part of this uh egg you know this tree that is growing it's almost as um it sounds stupid but like i believe that passion to find the right investors that believe that yes you know you're going to have downsides you're going to have bad months you're going to have problems but at the end of the day they're still there and they're they're there to say we believe in you we'll give you we'll help you how how we can and to carry on that journey to really be one of our biggest cheerleaders is how i would describe what you should look for in a vc how did you overcome the rejections from investors is it hard times yeah i think this is one of the really interesting things about when we raised in the market was um we had a hypothesis we also was raising money on something that looks can look like a non-profit you know of oh you're helping non-profits fundraise that can be a non-profit itself but one of the biggest things is identifying that segment obviously sometimes if they if they don't agree 
they're going to reject you. But also, you might not necessarily agree with them. You might think, oh, you know, I should just take them for their money if they say yes. But actually, it's the relationship that matters way much more than the money. And that is a two-way street. So whilst VCs can reject you as a co-founder, you can also reject them. So what, what is a typical day look like for you? Uh, how do you uh, spend your days? Yes, I like to think about potentially the days that I would live um, not running a startup. You know, how would I wake up in the morning? What would I do with my life? Uh, but sadly, I am a, a, a person of, of schedule and the schedule is chaos. It's wake up about 8, 8.30, you know, read my emails, start my day, have my stand-ups, very much try and plan everything out a lot more now as I'm a manager, just not leaving massive gaps to do anything. Working out the biggest priorities of the day is one of the hardest things to do, is what do I need to do today to move things forward in the right direction? Because so much time can be wasted on, you know, LARPing, just pretending you're running a startup, you know, what's the most important things? What's urgent? What's important? The Eisenhower matrix and constantly working on them important, urgent things. And then obviously transforming into a manager, spending my time still doing the things like training team members, helping them on board, one-to-ones, and really making sure that I get the most out of every single member of my team. And that can even be my co-founder. And then on other days when I'm not doing so well, then people lift me up as well. Because like I said earlier, the tide lifts all boats. We just have to let it. How do you solve the problems with your co-founder if there is one? A hundred percent. This is one of the hardest questions that I, I see out there. And it, I think it takes a lot of respect to be honest and to understand that finding a co-founder could potentially be a very interesting uh, and easy task or it can be a very complicated task. And you don't necessarily know until you're one, two, five, 10 years into it, if it was the right decision. I've seen co-founders who look like great matches, but soon as the first adversary comes up against them, they've almost got guns under the table ready to shoot each other. It's that balance that I think is one of the hardest things that you are there on their best days and worst days, and they are there for you on their best days and worst days. But overall, I think the two principles that even I was speaking to my co-founder uh, today about is you should let the other co-founder be who they want to be. What do they want to do? What do they believe will make this succeed? And they should let you do that. And then you come together and you work out where you're good at, what you need the other person at to do and delegate from there. That bond of having a co-founder is one of the hardest things that I would say about running a startup, even potentially harder than hiring our initial team, because that other person needs to be there for you through the hardest times and the, and, and also, you know, the easiest. And it's so easy to believe I could do this better without someone, you know, I don't need them. I don't even know what they're doing. I can do everything, but it goes back to the same point of the tide rises all boats by working together, making a coherent team, 
understanding your own weaknesses, understanding their weaknesses. When you come together, you'll become a lot stronger of a co-founder. Is this startup journey like a roller coaster? How do you feel daily? I mean, oh <laughs> uh, well, that is a very interesting one. As someone who also likes roller coasters and have been to a few countries to go on roller coasters, I think it's one of these very interesting things that life almost seems like a roller coaster, but it kind of doesn't. It doesn't. Roller coasters are really fast, but they're also always on a set path. You know, you can see where it's going, but life and startups are not like that. The you know a path, but the it's more like driving a car 100 miles an hour down a bendy road where you can't see the next corner until you're almost about to hit it is how I would describe it. If you had the superpower to change um, in the startup life, what should be that superpowers? Three of them. Well, see, that's a really interesting one. I would say my first superpower would be to be the true idiot in the room take off all the context that I know, all of how I think we can solve the work, the, the, the problems with Everfund and think I'm going to look at it exactly how my target customer would look at it with no context of anything I've ever done and see if I would get exactly the same solution as someone who has all the context, who knows how to build it. I think the second power is communication. I would still love to be even better and be really well-rounded and always know just what to say. And what I mean by that is, as I said earlier, I'm a, I, I've always run a business. I've never been in part of a team. So now it's my opportunity to learn from my team members around to learn how to grow and then mentor other team members in the future. That's, I guess, power of mentorship would be the second one. I think the third one um, would be speed if anything just to get my thoughts down faster to get stuff out the line faster things always take time estimations are always a thing but just to hit the ground even faster but i think that comes back down to the comment that i keep saying about by working as a team and working together you will get things done faster because you can move way faster as a team instead of one person you will invite three persons to a dinner party, dead or alive. Who should uh, those persons will be? Yeah. See, I have a really interesting three. I would pick um, Walt Disney, Frank Wells, and the third one is missing my head, uh, Michael Eisner. Why, Why them three people? Because one started the the company of disney with amazing vision but you could say the middle two people worked a very successful co-foundership that took disney from one of its worst places to their renaissance of where we know the company is today and really just understanding that that co-foundership being at a table hearing them probably squabble of how they think it should go or Michael Eisner, the creative one, but Frank Wells, the budget one and the and the operations one, hearing them squabbles would just be something I would love to love to understand. And also, uh, Chris, uh, I would like to ask the last question. 
what keeps you awake at night these days? Well, I think it's the first, the same thing that kept me awake at night in the beginning is that there's always more to do. That means you have to pace yourself and that is a marathon, but it's the most exciting thing I do every time I wake up is to think, how is this going to achieve more things? And the reason why, why is one of these drives the biggest thing for me? And I think this is a really nice thing to end on is that my partner works for a nonprofit herself and she helps kids that um, never get adopted and they rely on local food banks around us. Them food banks fundraise on Everfund. So by them food banks using my company to raise their funds means that I'm helping my partner. So I see this full circle of how Everfund sits, where it sits, how can it work? And part of me just wants to take that experience that I felt and give it to every single one of my team members, every single one of uh, my venture, my, my VC partners, my uh, customers, and just say, look, I want to scale this up. I want to get it right. I want to have one of these most rewarding experiences that I've seen by running Everfund happen to everyone involved. Chris, thank you very much for this uh, great conversation. Much appreciated. No problem. And thank you for having me.